What? Why would you name a road Hellbender and then be like, hey, everyone, come ride this road? Well, I'm going to name one called the Swollen Gooch. It's very, it's very rocky. Did you fill out, did you fill out your rocky. will before you went? I would have. Yeah, how come? How come they can't be a little more pleasant with with names like Rainbow Ridge or? No, <laughs> well, no. nobody wants know to why ride you a rainbow. That name. What the fuck? You gonna wear a Barney Dude. outfit and go down the road? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Dirty Bikers Podcast, presented by Memphis Shades, the clear choice for custom windshields and bearings for your motorcycle. And wild-ass seats, stay in the saddle longer and in total comfort, no matter your butt or budget. Everybody, welcome back. Episode 149. That's right, just one away from the old 150. Today we're joined by a special guest. She is a listener of the podcast, female writer, moto camper, does many other things in the moto community, Audrey Hurley. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. So before we get started on today's kind of topic, a little background, Audrey's been listening to us for, for a while, and we had an episode out about women writers, current happenings, what we see, what we'd like to see. Audrey had some good input in our DM, and she wanted to share that with us. We thought, what better way to do that than on this show? So that's why we have her on today. So Audrey, could you give the audience a little bit of a background about your, your motorcycle history? So I've been riding about, I have about four years of riding experience, um, five total, but there was one year I was off the bike because I was hit and my bike was down. Um, but I would say I average about 13 to 15,000 miles per year. Um, God damn. <laughs> I started off on, <laughs> I started off on a Nightster, a 1200 sporty. And currently I'm a, on a 2020, uh, low rider S soft tail and love camping. Just love getting out there. Like the road has taught me so much and just, I'm just so much more of a like a peaceful, purposeful, confident person since I found riding. It's amazing. Awesome. So we're talking camping or like like a hotel camping. So no, I do like I I do a ton of camping. That's what I love to do because like I love like camping off the grill and everything. Um, for long trips, like usually every summer, I do a 14 to 17 day trip, and so. The first year I did it, when I went to Sturgis, I was, I'd only been riding for six months and I did camping every single day. And I learned that that was really difficult. So now what we'll do is like usually camp two days and then like Airbnb and then camp two days and then like hotel. So you can kind of like shower, but like, I really like that camping. I like to sleep on the ground. I know it sounds crazy, but, um, but kind of like break it up now to, like ease the stench and <laughs> and um you i mean i've even like washed clothes in sinks like at campsite and stuff well, you wash clothes in the stream yet uh once once okay hmm. you left wow. me out in the woods for two days by the time i got in the shower i'd need a putty knife <laughs> <laughs> so, to get certain things apart that's wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> you so could have stopped at the putty knife. That was detailed <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, Audrey, you said you've been riding for, for f four years, five years, you know, if you give and take the time with your accident. But you're riding in Southern California, right? Yes, I'm in uh, San Diego County, yeah. Right, oh. so that's like 17 years of riding for everyone else. <laughs> so, you know, if you if you ride in California, you can add on, for, for every mile you ride in California, you can add five miles on to anywhere else in the country. Because it's like, you know, every rider on the road is trying to kill you, and there's, you know, three quarters of the United States population lives in California. So it's like riding in dog years. Yeah, exactly. It's like riding in dog years. Exactly for right. For every mile oh. she does, it's like yeah. Audrey's every mile been, we do it seven. Audrey's been riding her motorcycle for forty-two years. Everyone, yeah. just, so we, just so we get that straight. Get that this straight. Point, that's, San Diego. So you, what the weather's like? Eighty every day. Oh man, I'm so lucky. 
Oh, fuck. Yeah. So I lived in uh, Southern California. I lived in Palmdale, actually, for about eight years. So I, I know moved. a little bit about where, where you're at. So, And now he's clubbing baby seals for a living. Now I club baby <laughs> seals for a living, yeah. <laughs> for sure. So, Ardor, you've had three bikes, right? Two. Well, I've seen pictures of you on a sport glide. What happened with that? Oh, I I went to the East Coast and I rode the Smoky Mountains for four days and I rented through Rideshare that bike. Okay, okay. So that was really cool, fun. That seat was like a sofa. It was awesome. Um, So that was really cool because that's really the only time I've ridden on the East Coast and I did that trip solo by myself. And it was just an amazing uh, way to like clear your mind. I mean, you're by yourself. You could stop whenever you wanted. It was awesome. And um, totally started crying on the Blue Ridge Parkway there. And then Zion, like the two times just started like bawling in my helmet. Um, So that's that's where you saw that third bike. Is okay. that because you were scared or because you were overwhelmed or what, what, what was the crying about? I was overwhelmed with probably listening. To the that podcast. was my first like long <laughs> trip that I had done completely by myself. Um, I had done like day trips by myself. I had done backpacking. I backpacked Catalina Island by myself for five days, but like that was my first road trip on a bike for like multiple days in a row by myself. And um, I think I was just overwhelmed. Like, I, I think I couldn't believe that I did it. That like, okay. I did that plan that trip by myself and um, that I was like doing it. Once I got to that road, I was like overwhelmed with like emotion of doing something that to me, that was like huge. What okay. led you to go on the trip alone? Um, well, my brother had moved from um, SoCal to North Carolina. And so I thought it was just like the perfect opportunity. I went and saw him for, I went and saw them for my family for about a week over there. And then I was like, I'm right here. I have to do it. Like, um, and so I went there for four days. How Very far cool. did you go on the, uh, the Blue Ridge? That's a beautiful road. Mm-hmm. It is. How far yeah. did you go? I went all the way to Georgia. I did, um, there's a big winery area out there and I did Cherokee uh, scenic highway. And so like the big roads that I did out there were of course, um, snake, I did hellbender, Such's loop. Um, so I think Georgia, Georgia would probably be like the furthest that I went. Some wine. Jesus, country this area. sounds like death on a motorcycle. <laughs> snake, Such's, I mean, everything sounds like you're going to die. Hey, Hellbender's good, man. That's a good Hellbender. Ride. I mean, what the? What, why would you name a road Hellbender and then be like, "Hey, everyone, come ride this road"? Well, I'm going to name dude. one called you'll, the you'll Swollen know. Gooch. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's did very you, rocky. Did you fill out, did you fill out your rocky. will before you went? I would have. That's crazy. Yeah, how come? How come they can't be a little more pleasant with with names like Rainbow Ridge or? <laughs> no, no, nobody no. wants to ride a rainbow. That no, what the fuck? You gonna wear a Barney Dude. outfit and go down the road? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> It's all so what, fun. what brought you into riding? Like what, what was your motivation to start riding? Um, so I had been in nursing school for a long time and I, and got, got my degree and I had been nursing and I went straight into the ICU. My history is in neonatal ICU nursing. Yep. And, um, <clears throat> so just kind of like an intense couple years of learning my profession and getting into my profession and, um, when things were kind of winding down, I was coming out of that. I mean, my, I had, you know, I worked three days a week, but I worked night shift. So it kind of counts for like that last day I was like a zombie, but it, it afforded me the time and the flexibility and the money to finally do traveling. I didn't do tra- any travel when I was young and I wanted to meet new people and have new experiences. And I had a friend that was going into into the police academy and I was just kind of joking around with him. We we had um, worked together before when I was working at a clinic before when I was a medical assistant. And um, I was just telling him I wanted to try new things. I wanted to get out there and do something new. And he invited me to go on the back of the bike. Um, it was a for the, the Bolt Riders there in Southern California. And there were like 30 dudes on this ride. I was the only woman. I, I was on the back of his bike, but I was the only woman on for the whole ride. So it was a little intimidating there, but um, 
I knew like immediately right away that it was like the best day that I had had like in years, like the most fun and adventure. And I did, I met, I met so many cool people there and they blew my mind. Like that whole biker stereotype, like a, like, I was like, Whoa, this is like so cool. So, I mean, I was just hooked. I think a couple of months later I signed up for the beginners riders course. And, um, I knew I wasn't going to be waiting around like for some guy to like ask me to get on the back. So I, I knew that day and we went and rode two weeks later. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just, I knew like it was something that I needed to change my life for the better and like create like a more meaningful life that I just been living, working and doing the same thing. And I just wanted something special and knew that was my own. Yeah. You can't okay, just so. live to work. That sucks. Right. Yeah. So now, so now you're a writer. Do you feel like, is this a phase or are you a writer forever now? I'm a writer forever. I mean, when I got hit on my bike, and I was down, I had a whole year to think about one, do I want to get back on the bike? You know, and people were, you know, I had family who was worried. And um, so no, for sure. I, I knew immediately that I was going to get back on the bike. So, I mean, I think if anything, that would have been the time where it would have been like, I probably would have been my phase if it was going to be my phase. Yep, for sure. Well, that's, that's legit. Everybody, Audrey has been featured on a couple of media outlets online here lately. You have Fast Bays, where she was featured in the Rider Spotlight, and also on Gitbit Moto. So, congrats on those. Those were those were pretty cool media outlets to get featured on. Yeah, great opportunity. Um, love everything that Fast Babes is doing for the moto community, and um, Getbent does a lot of features on really amazing, cool builds. But he did a he used his platform to do a whole to do feature on women riders and it's more like their rider stories. Right. So it's not so much like the builds of their bike. It's kind of like, um, yeah, their story and what they do on the bike. And it's really cool. Cause I, I've watched all of them and it's like, the stories are all different, but the themes are all like almost exactly the same. So it really makes you feel connected and you like, like, you know, you have this family, like anywhere you go. Sure. Nice. All right. So, so Audrey, was your, were you a Harley right out of the hole? Did you did you consider any other bikes, or was it just I want a Harley? I just wanted a Harley, and I don't even know where that comes from because I didn't grow up around bikes. I never rode street bikes, dirt bikes. Um, I only had automatic cars, so I don't know where just like just loving just... Harleys came from. But um, I really think motorcycles are like an art as far as everybody's type and style and vintage bikes and everything everyone does to their bikes. So like I'm kind of a creative artsy person. I have that side of my brain. And so like, I just love motorcycles. I just, so to me, like, I don't care. I don't care what you're riding. Like I can appreciate all styles of motorcycles and all styles of riders. Cool. So the, where I was kind of going with, with that was, what does the motor company need to do to attract more people, more women riders, more younger riders? Because I mean, you know, let's face it, their their number one demographic is middle aged men with beards. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I mean, all four of us here, <laughs> except for Brittany there. So, what's your opinion? She's on working that? on her beard. Yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> working on that. It's coming in a little thin. That's a winter <laughs> we, we got some Rogaine coming to help her out with that. And speak for yourself. I'm not middle-aged. There you aged, go. So. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Percy's not middle-aged. He's just old. I said, yeah. <laughs> God damn, Ryan. <laughs> no, that's it. I love that question because um, that's one of the – I don't know if I'm the first one to have the idea, or that's something that I was wanted to share was that um, what I think that Harley Davidson could do is I feel like they could create um, like a mentorship program of women riders who have more experience and they provide some sort of incentives for them to, to you know, to take women. Maybe they and maybe they I'm sure they're going to need to have their standards, too. We want you to ride this many miles per year with these new riders. And then also, of course, create incentives for the the new riders. And hopefully then they would stay with Harley, right? And would upgrade their bikes and keep, you know, and any of the motor companies could do this. Um, 
Indian could do it. Um, ah, fuck Indian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, any of any any big brand could could create a mentorship for um, women riders to take on less experienced riders and hook them up with the local leaders chapters and, and um, show them where all the rides, the good rides are and um, help them create paths in their area. So like, that's what someone did for me. They, so around my home, when I would have time, when I was learning to ride, sometimes I wouldn't have, you know, all weekend to ride or whatever. Cause I worked a lot of weekends, but I knew I had to ride consistently and all the time. So sometimes I would only have like 45 minutes. So like if you had a friend who could like, pull up maps and like create like a couple rides just around your home that they could go and do on their own that were easy rides. Like how, how amazing would that be? Because you can't always wait around for there to be a group ride. Like you have to get out and do it on your own and you have to do it frequently. So even if you did that same route, I did this one loop in my area. It was like a 45 minute loop. And I did it like multiple times a week for like three months straight. Just to get out and ride. How was, because Brittany's had very, uh, very different experiences at different dealerships. How was your experience at the dealership? I went to, I didn't go to, when I bought my first bike, I bought it used from, um, not from a a Harley Davidson dealership. Okay. Um, Do Do you go and visit the dealerships very often? I know like I, I didn't really used to do that before. Um, I was a rider, but I would go with my boyfriend and it was just like one of those things we did as a hobby. So I do now, and I have a good relationship with my local dealer and I feel like I know a lot of people there now and I've had a good experience. I have had a great experience, but I'm sure they could do better. I mean, there's, I would love to see them do more bike nights for women I mean, it's happening. It's happening. I would just love to see it more. So was there any intimidation at all going to the dealer the first time? No, for me, it was more like picking the right bike. Um, and I already had in mind what bike I went wanted before I went into the dealership. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I went to them because they had the bike that I wanted. Yeah, I think I, I just just by listening to you talk to, I think you're an exception to the rule when it comes to you like your experience in motorcycling and in the situations that you're talking about, because we even talked about it. I mean, I fit their demographic. And the first time I went into a dealership to buy a motorcycle, I felt like I didn't belong there. Mm-hmm. And I'd been on the back of a Harley since I was eight years old. But when, Once I when he into- put pants on under his chaps, he was right. accepted just fine. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> maybe I, Maybe I shouldn't have bought the chaps first, and maybe I should have had pants on when I went in there. TMI. TMI, my friends. Yeah. But, but I think that, you know, you appear to be an exception to the rule because, like, we asked you about your experience. You're like, well, I bought my first bike outside of a dealership, and the second time I went, I already knew what I wanted. So I just, like, went in and went to the dealer <laughs> that had my bike, and I just told them that's the bike I wanted, you know. It's interesting listening to you talk about how – to get more female riders engaged because I would, I would imagine, I wouldn't even imagine. I think it's absolutely true. There's more female riders probably in California than the rest of the country. And the fact that I think they're definitely the, they got the highest demographic of, of women riders in that state than any other state. I think that is, that is a fact. Yep. And, and so the idea that you're still bringing up issues that exist still across the country means that the motorcycling industry hasn't got on board with this entire demographic of motorcyclists Mm -hmm. that are out there ready to ride. And and it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't matter, you know, what the, what the dealer is, whether it's Harley or, you know, fuck Indian or, you know, whoever it (laughs) might be, they're not on board with, with female riders and the, the number of female riders out there. I mean, I just went to, uh, uh, the King of the Baggers race in Brainerd, Minnesota over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, racing with the um, with the male racers and the baggers were two female riders, and uh, I didn't even know honestly. If when you watch them on the track, I didn't know that they are female riders until uh, one of them went by and had this big blonde ponytail, and I was like, "Well, 
you know, that's French braided. There's no way that that can be a dude. <laughs> it could be. It could be. It could. Be. I mean, it's it could be, but it's just I'd not French likely. braided if I could grow hair. You, <laughs> you have not had French braided hair since 1982. I'm just so. saying, if I had hair, I would do on it. his face. You could get a wig, Tony. Maybe we'll get you one for Christmas. Yeah, that would be great. So I just, you know, I I. I, this topic always interests me because I have two daughters and, mm-hmm. and I hope that someday at least one of them becomes a rider. And so, you know, it's kind of like all, all I can do is just expose them to riding as much as I can. All right, Audrey. Now, we spoke on the phone a week ago or so in prep for this episode. You have a lot of ideas and we talked about them, but let's go in here. And what do you think could be done better? Mm-hmm. What could be done new and fresh that would just make this thing take off for ladies? I'm just so happy to be here and you guys are asking these questions. So thank you. Um, So I know when you guys did the podcast, that was the state of lady writers. One of you mentioned that maybe companies are like, well, they're only 20% of the 20 ish percent of the population. So like, why would we cater to them? I don't know if cater is the right word, but why would we market to them? Why would we, why would we do that? And I kind of thought about what you guys were saying. Um, I think it could go both ways. I could I could see as our number gets larger, you could also say, well, you're losing out. Like glass half empty, half full, right? Like, well, you're losing out on 20% of your sales as well. So, I mean, it's something to think about, especially as we kind of ramp up and get have more women riders. But um And then I think about small companies, like I can think, definitely think about like local small companies, the concern for like, when you're first starting out, like maybe not being able to, to reach women in the certain way that maybe bigger companies could, but I have a lot of smaller ideas of things that they could do. Um, So like a smaller company wants to be really niche and they want to reach, you know, their population, but um, it could be something like, Maybe they have a garage. Maybe they do work out of like a garage or something. And quarterly, they could host like a women's night in the garage. Maybe they have, maybe whatever this company is, they have a blog. And maybe they could have a quarterly blog featuring a woman rider. Those are solid. Solid. I, I think a ladies' bike night is fantastic. I do yeah. too. Yeah. The, the, really the garage corner is a good idea too, because if women are riding already and say they don't wrench at all, they could learn. Mm-hmm, that way, yeah. when the time comes where they want to do their own maintenance, they have a breakdown on the side of the road somewhere, they're able to take care of the, themselves, you know, if they have the means. I think you've yeah, got to like do more than idea. events and stuff, though. I mean, if you, you know, you look at the, the motorcycle industry and, and we all we all travel, we all stop at dealerships. How many females, how many women oh. have you seen that work in sales? Dude, there's one at Bluegrass Harley that rides the fuck out of a motorcycle. I know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She rides better than all of us. Yeah. I think there's only one in Lexington. But but that's an exception, right? I mean, it's a, the the entire industry. Mm -hmm. Where do you see women when you go in to buy motorcycles? Merch or Motor clothes. Right. And I think that's part of the problem, right? Right, Right, Percy? Because it's a really good point. I've always wondered why aren't there any female salespeople? And I don't know if that's because the companies are placing them in merchandise or if it's because the females are choosing those roles. You know what I mean? See, I think that's where they can really start to have a, a change is changing their business. Mm-hmm. You right, know, this be is more inclusive and, you know, across the board. This is the thing that I find really interesting. And you have a great point here, Dave. And, and I saw this happen um, in, in the business world. So I first started in business before I was in healthcare. And if you went into a suit shop, Inevitably, there was always a woman salesperson in a suit shop. And you know what? She was always the busiest person. Because you know what? Who better to go fit your suit and tell you that you look good than a female salesperson? And the same thing would go for a motorcycle. I just think that that would be, you know, that that would be such an easy transition that if you had women that were interested more than motor clothes and you put them on the sales floor they're going to sell the shit out of a bike 
because well, well they are but but for a dip, but also at the same time they're there to make a contact with a a, a woman consumer who's coming in to look well abs- to absolutely like, there's then, a better then that, connection there absolutely because that would be then less threatening to that new female rider that wants to come in and buy a bike i think it'd be less threatening to pretty much anybody except your seasoned rider i mean you get the the new guy that walks in i mean going into harley dealer first time Audrey might be the exception. I mean, everybody's ass is usually pretty tight, you know, because yeah. you're you definitely feel like, you know, you're, you're walking into someplace you don't belong when you first go. At least I felt that way, too. Well, and I think uh, I think a Harley dealership or even a motorcycle dealership in general is even different than a car dealership, because I think they get a lot of people that look where even in do. car dealerships, but you get more I, you, people you know, that go to buy. The first time I bought the first bike I bought the Sportster. My salesman's name was Viper Joe. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. I mean, really, I was in there. I was like, Viper Joe, how are you, sir? You know? Tony got <laughs> snake bit. <laughs> it's like, fuck, man. Could you at least give me somebody just a regular name? I mean, I'll take a Doug. Yeah, I'll take a Doug. So, Audrey, Tony, out, out in California, I mean, do you, you still see that same thing where it's mostly men that are doing sales and that are mechanics and working on bikes and talking to you about bikes? For the most part, but actually, now that you guys mention it, um, at my local dealer, they did have a very knowledgeable woman that was in the parts department. And I've seen her there for about about a year she got promoted into um parts very knowledgeable um i went from like the this the standard oil that that i've used um for quite a few years and went over to motul because she she they really talked me through life. everything and i think the concern she, she left and i mean i would i would beg to wonder like because one other person that works there mentioned like that she would she wasn't treat really treated respectfully people kind of just like wanted to talk to that there were two you know there's usually like one or two other guys and they would kind of like kind of almost like push her aside like thought she was the girl who's running back and forth to go pick up you know to bring the parts out but she's not Mm -hmm. and um i mean maybe as an apprentice you're always learning but she rode dirt bikes and had a lot of knowledge and i would wonder if you know, unless people's like hearts and mind are changed going in there. Also, with if this was a salesperson, the guy coming in, just walking straight by her and um, being like, OK, where's the real salesperson? You know, because I've been st- I would I've, I'll stand right next to my bike pr- pretty much with like my arm on the handlebars. And if there's any guy around me, I will have other guys come right like there's someone standing right by me. And they will look at the guy and start asking him questions about my bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the motor. It sounds like the motorcycling community has a lot of work to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The whole world does. Yeah. This, this is actually a pet peeve of mine right now in my industry. It's it, it's very. It makes you angry. Let's just well, put it that way. What well, I found, you're not even a woman. What I thought, no, I know, but I, I happen to, be to, to lead. A, uh, <laughs> I happen to lead teams made up of predominantly women, and I get very angry when they're not paid the respect that they're due. Oh yeah, basically the situation that Audrey's just talking about, you know. Well, and that's what I mean exactly, Dave. Like, imagine how we feel if <laughs> if you're pissed, <laughs> like it's happening yeah. to us. So let, let's talk about Harley's motor clothes since we were there. <laughs> are those things stuck in the 80s or is it just me especially for for the females i mean do you want bedazzled jeans and hulk hogan ripped t-shirts <laughs> i like that one hulk hogan ripped brother yeah brother <laughs> it's hard i've seen a lot of i've seen a little improvement since i've been a rider but it's yeah you you can't tell me that there are women designing those clothes Right. Those are like old dudes going, hey, let's let's dress her up in pretty pink. Right. How, are they, know, you know? how are they not doing like um, research or what is it like focus groups? How are they not doing? I mean, how are they not doing focus groups with writers? I think I think the problem <laughs> that they're that Harley is in right now is that they're in a transition phase. And they haven't transitioned fully to the next generation because they're still trying to sell motorcycles to 
50 and above, right? And so the, until Why they... Why are you lumping I, me into this shit, Ryan? I'm over here minding my business. Cause Cause you're you, hey, you give them good shit. business every year. Yeah, Tony, I mean, <laughs> Audrey just talked about riding thirteen to 15,000 miles a year on a motorcycle. Have you ever... Have you owned a motorcycle with 13,000 miles? No. <laughs> have you made it, been, have you made it to the 10,000 mile service on a bike in the last five no, years? No, I, I tried this out, Ryan. Because, I try you know, not to. You, you throw out the age number a lot in a lot of people <laughs> do. And it's, Getting Percy. The issue Get really isn't about... Baby seal clubbing motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the issue really isn't about the, the age or the number. It's about the fact that they're going after a certain demographic of personality, of perception, yep. yada, yada, right? That You're right. That, that's what the problem is. It, it, I, mean, I mean, we've talked about it before. I don't think I'm a typical Harley customer in, in a nope. lot of regards. No, um, you're not. With back to the clothes, though, I, you know, you know who, why they design the clothes that way? Because they're designing for the little lady that's going to ride on the back of the bike. Sure. They're not they're not they're not designing stuff for women as riders. And again, it goes back to this perception that they have, right? I'm going to put these little pink bedazzled things out for the little ladies to buy because that's I wish what they, they want when they're riding on, the, on the, the, hey, the back of the bike. I don't so, I don't get that. I don't get that either though because I'm not going to let my wife or either one of my daughters put their bedazzled jeans ass on my bike either cuz I don't want that shit scratching, scratching my, my shit, dude. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So that that's not happening in my house. Keep your bedazzled jeans away from my so, bike. They can sell more Actually, I'm I'm going to I'm going to ask because Brittany and Audrey have probably looked. Do they have like performance orientated clothes for you all at Harley? I've never looked in the ladies section for like Honestly, riding jeans or or jackets I never or things look. like that. I never look, Tony, because uh, most – so I'm thinking broader than just the Harley dealers, but, like, even Cycle Gear, most places don't really carry very much female stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the times that I've tried on some of the female pants, none of them fit, so I just well, was you like, need fuck to eat this. Well, you, don't, you don't wear pants on. anyway. So, it's not, I mean, even, you know. it's yeah. not even that, though. Like, I ordered... We rode motorcycles for four days, and I saw you on, with pants on one time, Brittany. Seriously. <laughs> one time. I had riding pants. pants on every time, and then I took them off. That looked like a snowsuit. We I call those care. snowsuits where I live. Yeah. Those, they, they look like riding pants. Yeah, those were overalls. Those were bibs. <laughs> those were not bibs. They did not have You cut the, the bib overall thing portion. off. They were bibs on the bottom. You cut the tops off. <laughs> yeah, I cut them off. I definitely hear you. Like It's definitely more like fashion forward and like... Um, so for me, like right now for summer, I want to see, I want um, like long sleeves that have UV protection in them right. and that have like perforation, um, but that I'm completely covered because I don't want to have to put on sun. If I'm, if I have to do like a six, six hour riding day, like I don't want to be putting on sunscreen every hour and a half. So like I want a long sleeve that has UV protection, has perforation so like air can move through it. And you know, I, I mean, I do, th I want things like tailored, like I don't want every single thing to be like a unisex shirt, like me, like I do like fitted things and um, I do want performance things. Like I want things that have reflective um, reflection going down the sides. Maybe why can't they do like a lot of times if I'm wearing a vest, why can't they put like a logo down the arm or reflection. So I mean, there, yeah, there's definitely like so many things that I look for that I don't see happening in a, like a tailored way or like you know fitted a little maybe shorter like for the like a shorter torso and yeah the colors right. are just not. <laughs> so as far as like the like the the leather goods like the leather jackets, do they have those for the? Yeah, feet, there's for, leather for jackets. Okay, yeah, I mean that, I, have that a, are cut, I have two that Harley are... coats. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes they're like just blasted with like too much logo, yes. blasted with the big skull and like they're logoing everywhere. Yeah. Pink on everything that gets me when it, everything's that pink and purple. That skull thing's a little overdone. The Harleys, uh, they're, they're very proud of their logo. Yeah, I think they could. I think they could benefit by doing some minimalist things. Mm -hmm. You know, because people will like and will wear their Harley gear, but I think they would like to not have it say Harley all the way across the chest, right? Well, I it mean, makes you, it makes you a walking billboard, is what it does. Well, yeah. th they, that's with intent. I that's know. with absolute intent, right? That's marketing. So, that's marketing after the sale. 
Absolutely, it is. <laughs> look at Brittany. Wow. I mean, Brittany, look at that. But I love she's even, she's even got saying. a skull on her shirt. She's, even, she's got the whole shebang like, on Don't there. sell me. <laughs> yep. Uh oh, she's frozen. Oh, no. She, no, she, <laughs> no, but I've seen I mean, I, this, I the shots you've got up. on your Instagram. I mean, I, you know, you, you dress like I would expect a writer to dress, you know? Whether it's Ryan or Brittany or Dustin or whoever. Hang on, Brittany's an exception to the rule with those. I'm trying to be nice and considerate. Hey, these <laughs> pants. This is a, this is exactly why the pants look like snow pants because they don't make any pants like that for women. So the women's you can't, ones. There's didn't. no like Kevlar jeans or anything out there that, that's available. So there are, and I'd be interested to Audrey to hear what you've seen or if you've tried any of them. My complaint with the the women's pants that I can find they're all skinny jeans mm -hmm. and I just do not want I, I don't know I just don't wear a lot of skinny jeans I want them to still be fitted what the um, fuck are you talking about those shorts were like the epitome <laughs> of skinny jeans they were like spraying skin on jeans. you those are shorts. that was another dermis what are you talking about yeah, yeah. it's like somebody sprayed skin on you and painted it gray <laughs> and you don't want skinny jeans come oh, on God. <laughs> so Audrey give us a breakdown what, what kind of gear do you wear like what what brands, you know, style and everything. We've seen Instagram photos and everything, but for the ladies listening, you know, where is a good spot for women to shop that has gear that you enjoy wearing and, and, and do buy? I don't have a lot of recommendations. I'm usually just wearing like some thick pair of jeans. I always wear um, over the ankle motorcycle boots. The, the one brand that I like is, comes to mind for sure is tobacco motorcycle wear yep. tobacco motorcycle co i think actually and um i got a pair of denim black jeans and they had a lot of good stretch to them um i wore them for almost like two years straight i never washed them because they're like um oh. <laughs> i took them off and stood them up in the corner <laughs> yeah. yeah well every time i ride i would wear them um super stretchy um i ended up washing them and i followed the directions like cold water hang them upside down and they shrunk so they're like a little bit tight but they have riding shirts that are protective they have the armor that you can put in um they have overalls so first thought to me um i really like the quality of what they have when they first um they came out with a women's it's a waxed cotton jacket and it has protection. It has a full back armor in it. Um, it's called the real McCoy. And um, I love that. So I would say their gear, it's just very expensive, but it is, it's going to last you years and um, protect you. So, I mean, I think it'd be hard to suggest that for newer riders who maybe don't have the budget for it. Cause, because they're, their stuff is usually around $400 for like a pair of jeans or for like a women's protective jacket. So, but an investment for sure. Their stuff is legit though. They have a video where they yeah. drag somebody behind a bike with the jeans and they stand up and they're not even ripped. I mean, it's, uh, it's legit, but God damn, it's not reasonably priced. Yeah. two fifty. <laughs> I think they started like two fifty for a pair of jeans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I've, I've met the owner of that company and spent some time talking to him and, and looking at their stuff. And it, it is, I mean, it's, you know, you get what you pay. It's for. quality shit. Yep. And to be honest with you, it's not that overpriced when you look at like the what's available in the European market. Which is stylish and high end, and you know, a lot that's of the thing too. A lot of these, a lot of these other brands, you know, that aren't related to the motor companies, they're doing a better job with the variety because I notice, like with first manufacturing, they're they're doing lots of women options, speed and strength. There are there are several others. I mean, you just kind of you kind of got to look, but it, it kind of sucks that you have to look hard. Mm -hmm. So even you know if they want to go to let's say just a dealership down the road or a cycle gear or whatever it'd be nice to see more options i've never even been to a cycle gear is that what it's called mm -hmm. yeah yeah never you're not missing much <laughs> yeah the one in louisville's doesn't have a whole well most of them don't have a whole lot well, I've both my uh, pair of riding pants i got at cycle gear Did you? i think i've, I've had I think those for four or five years now i think Rev revzilla owns them now don't they yeah they bought them yeah oh yeah. i didn't know that i got my uh riding pants from sam's club yeah. All is pretty cool for like, um, Revzilla is good because they usually have like free shipping, free returns. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I know like my first couple pairs of boots I got through there. And actually when I called and talked to customer service, I had a couple times talked to women. I don't know if you can like request to talk to a woman writer, but they're pretty good. Cause like, if you go and you look at the reviews, they have a lot of reviews and there's like women wearing the clothes and the, yeah. those, there's videos and everything. So maybe mm-hmm. you could even call and ask, but um, they were really good. There were multiple times where I had to return things and get a different size because um, like Brittany was saying, you go to your local place and you maybe see something that you kind of like, but you don't get to try it on. So I did a lot of shopping through Revzilla um, and they're really good with returns. And, and you can talk. I've talked to a women rider like on the phone on their customer service. They also yeah. uh, give a veteran discount as well that a lot of people don't know about. So let me let me ask you this, Audrey, because we we've talked a lot about how we have been through the podcast and through our discord and our events, we try, we're trying to curate a very specific um, audience, even for, I mean, we're, we're all inclusive, right. And, and for an audience of, of maybe people that don't fit into the more traditional mold. And, and it really actually kind of came to fruition for us when we were at our event this this summer um three weeks ago and uh the bartender that was working at our hotel she brought um she had a uh family history of motorcycle riding but her partner didn't and so she brought her partner to our event so that she could be exposed to the motorcycle community and she felt like our our event would be a good place because it was you know she could tell that we weren't you know the the typical offering do you do you think that the more traditional like style events um, are intimidating to newer riders or new people coming into the community? Because Harley, unlike any other motor company, has a a huge, fantastic community that's interconnected. And you know, but it, it but it seems like just like anything else, right? You have to find the place within that community that you belong. Yeah, I mean, I think. I'm just not a big rally event type of rider. Like I love to go to the rallies because of the riding that's surrounding the rallies, but being down at the rally, like that's not so much my scene. Like I like to like do the people watching for a couple hours. And then I'm like, okay, because I want to get up the next morning and ride early and be riding like all day long. So I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I've been fortunate. I think being in California that, we do have a lot of women's events. There's Babes in the Dirt now, Babes in Borrego, Breaks, Babes Central California, um, Fast Babes is trying to do a lot of events, rides, um, just even activities like paint nights. And they did do an oil change night at a, a garage nearby. And um, so I just, I guess I've been blessed like being in California that there's a little bit more of a community. I. I would assume that that's maybe lacking in a lot of other areas. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We have, I mean, the writing up here is very, I mean, we're behind even all of the trends, right? So big wheel baggers are still really big here. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> we all know that those things are worthless. So <laughs> there's a lot of money invested in them, though. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you if you like to ride a spaceship around, it's fine. <laughs> let me let me ask you a question, Audrey. For, just for our edification, um, you're you're a subscriber. You listen to our podcast. What what are we doing, or that appeals, I guess, to you as a as a woman writer? And maybe what are some things we could do better to broaden our appeal to women writers as a podcast group here? I I think it's great that you have women on as uh, guests. I I saw Alicia on and just asking the questions and like, this is a conversation and that we're going to have to continue having for a long time. And so I think just opening that conversation, you know, every time and, and, and you guys are very receptive to my comments. And so it's awesome as a guest to know that as a woman to know, like, Hey, if I listen to their, their podcast about a certain, um, whatever's going on, whatever the theme is for the show, if I give my feedback, maybe they'll bring it up in the next 
episode. Hey, we had this woman writer who said this and we just wanted to let you guys know. So like, that would be cool. Like, and because you guys are so receptive, you know, if women know, like they will respond specifically to my questions because you guys are very receptive to getting back to me on my thoughts and my question that if they put the effort in to be like, Hey, I want to be heard because I think it's very important as women to come up with actionable items and things that need to actually be done than just complaining. Just like, I mean, and this is for anybody, not just women, but everybody, like if something's bothering you get, use your voice, but have, have, you know, some constructive criticism, like have something that we can do with that information. And then instead of just like being pissed off, you know, what's another good place for women to be? The Five Dirty Bikers Discord. It's absolutely was, fucking free. Just about <laughs> I to say, had maybe, no idea where that was going. I was thinking while she was talking. I didn't maybe either. I was getting, have a chance. I thought we were getting ready to get a charge. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should start a uh, women's rider channel in our Discord. Yeah, Audrey could for... join. She could be the 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 CEO, the, the moderator <laughs> of the women's riders. Yes, we <laughs> actually do. We actually do have a, a mentor program, actually, too, in our in our Discord, where we have opportunities for people to mentor new riders. And I know um, one of the guys that came up with the idea has had a mentee for a while. And I know there's a couple of people that still do um, kind of talk to and mentor new riders. And I think a lot of it for um, for male riders is finding that community where they feel like where they where, where they belong and where it doesn't feel threatening. You know where it doesn't have to be a dick measuring contest every time you uh, every time you show up, mm-hmm. and I think that um, for for that from that perspective, the I don't know and and tell me if I'm wrong here, but do you feel like in the female riding community there is um, there's competition? I don't think it's comp. I don't feel competition. I feel more that people. I mean, I I call them clicks. I guess of like, you know, you go to an event and there's like these groups so they don't really seem to kind of go out from their group. And um, that's what I, I guess I would see like from the woman's side. But um, I feel like anything, like you have to find that supportive group that is positive. I, I, know, I know that's easy to say, but um, for me, I like to know somebody from all the groups, you know, like, I like to be able to go and hop around all the groups at the events and know at least somebody from every group, like that makes it more diverse and that makes it fun. But like, and I, I think that's just like, that may be a personal thing where like people, they just, they like to have that comfort of their group or their people or whatever. That's what I see sometimes. I was just going to ask, and, and, and this is, and, and please don't take this the wrong way because I, I'm just curious about this. Do you think that, um, cultivating women only events is exclusive or do you think that's that's a way to you know i I know it's i know it's the intent is to provide an environment where it's not threatening for new women or women riders to be in right because there there can be that that uh, idea that a uh uh, a group of guys a group of of testosterone field bikers can be threatening but are, are are there is there exclusivity around women only events? Uh, I think there have to be those events because I think there are women who maybe have gone through traumatic situations in their lives or like you said, have some um, triggers for maybe being around men. That personally for me was not my experience. Again, that first ride that I ever rode to up, I met like 30 different guys And I thought biker, you know, like these men were so respectful and I talked to them about so many different topics. Every single guy was different. So that hasn't been my experience, especially now at my riding point. Like I will, I want more co-ed events, but I also want, but I also want, it just seems sometimes like, I don't know, I guess I, I do want more women who are like, willing to ride like all the time, anytime, because at least of the group of men that I know, I feel like because I'm a woman for some reason, like I don't get asked to go out on those group rides with the guys. 
and it kind of sucks sometimes. And so although there are a bunch of women that I do ride with and I have a great time riding with, like there are only a few, it seems like who live like right near to me who are like down to ride every day, all the time. Like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but like, I feel like there are more guys who it's like that, but they don't ever want to ride with me. Cause I'm, I don't know if it's like, I'm intrude, I'm intruding on their guy time or whatever. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan, uh, because it's, it's something that kind of, I don't know. It, it's that I've been thinking about a lot over the last couple of years, because there are a lot of those events. There are a lot of women riders that I follow on YouTube. And I would love to be able to get a chance to meet with them and ride with them and share experiences and, and, and uh, learn from them as well. But um, right now, what your options are these gatherings where you're not allowed, right, because you're a guy, or these testosterone-filled rallies where women aren't comfortable coming in. There's no kind of middle ground. Um, yeah, there is. It's called FDBM. Well, I, I was just about to go there, young man, and say that I think I think that that's that's an opportunity. Just like a young buck, just too quick. Yeah, no. I think that's an opportunity for us um, as a group, and maybe we should put some focus on that for for next year's meetup of uh, reaching out and trying to encourage more women to come to uh, FDBM, and maybe have some content specifically for them that they would be interested to uh, to coming and seeing. Yeah, Dave, because one of the coolest things, one of the really, really cool things about FDBM is we had a group of, what, like 10 ladies among the first to show up to the event. I don't think they stayed too long. I think they yeah. split because of the heat because it was fucking 104. I don't they, they oh saw, you know. They saw Dave. Ryan on the stage and left. But it was cool to see all those ladies pull up together, you know, and at least make an appearance. That was awesome because I think that was actually orchestrated by Riding in the Ozarks. I don't know. I don't who, was, know. who was there? They were a touch early, but still, yeah. there was about ten or twelve yeah. on there. Yeah, but but I'm really serious. Cool. I think I think so we should though. focus on. So I mean, hot. Audrey, would that be something that you would be interested in? And if there were an event like that, that uh, might make you want to come? Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool to have like a, like a featured rider at the event. That's a woman that's maybe more well known that people would maybe want to come out and meet and. Um, you're well known enough. We'll see you there next year. Thank you. <laughs> next Thanks for volunteering, Audrey. We really appreciate that. You didn't know that that's what this was about, did you? <laughs> Just reeling them in. <laughs> Got, her. Got her. She's committed now. No, I think that's great. Yeah, like have a featured writer of, you know, question and answer with that. People could submit the questions before and then panel, you know, answer them up there. So she kind of knows that questions but they're from the people that are maybe going to be there. So like maybe on your Patreon or whatever, like, you know, for people who have, who have bought tickets or whatever, they can submit questions to be asked. Yeah. I think that would be cool. Yeah. I like, I like this idea. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, Discord friends, FDB's about to answer your questions. Make sure you head over to 5dirtybikers.com and click the link on the homepage to visit our Discord and become a member. Let's get to some Discord questions. We did have a few for arteries, so we'll go ahead and start those off with Mr. Roadrunner. Well, I always like to hear people's food and beer solutions when moto camping, so I'd ask her about that. So what's your go-to food and alcoholic drink of choice if that's what you're into? Ooh, this is a fun question. Okay. Um, so for food, um, what's pretty easy for like moto camping, what I like to do is usually like some sort of wrap. Like a, I'll get like a whole grain tortilla. I'll get like a pack of whole grain tortillas because they pack pretty easy and they can, they can kind of bend. And then I'll buy one of those salad mixes. Like I really like Taylor Farm salad mixes. And it already has like, the dressing in it, it usually has some sort of other mix or crouton or something in there. And then by, I'll go to like the deli section and usually get like, so if they have fajita stuff that already has like the onions and the peppers already cut up and the chicken already in strips, then doing kind of just a big, huge wrap. So nice. super easy. Damn, that um, sounds delicious. For dinner. <laughs> and then for breakfast, like they have those like egg bites that are already cooked. Or like of course of course like oatmeal and um 
I like hard kombucha. Like I've been really down to drink hard kombucha. Like, and I know not a lot of people <laughs> know what that is. So, um, I used to be big into beer cause I worked in my undergraduate at stone brewing. So I used to love beer. I love double IPAs, but, um, I like hard kombucha cause you don't feel bloated and you can eat a lot more food and drink it. So that's what I'm into. It's a fermented tea. It's what carp kombucha okay. Smells like socks. I don't like kombucha. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> that stuff is. <laughs> is that that like vinegar? So, <laughs> vinegary. Yeah. So the regular kombucha is really vinegary. Like when I first started drinking it, because it had health benefits, it had like the probiotics in it. I would mix it half with that, half with sparkling water. But try the hard kombucha because for some reason, I don't know if it has to do with the fermentation um, and like to alcohol, that that vinegary flavor goes away in the hard kombuchas. Hard so that just, that just tastes like, you go like to the socks, doctor and you just need a penicillin like shot. <laughs> Doc, I got the hard kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a shot. I'm just a foodie, so like if I can eat more food and not be like too full, like I'm in. <laughs> so catching your own dinner to eat at the campsite is off Man, the table. Fuck that. <laughs> 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 just get your fishing pole. We head over to the river. When we went to uh, Sturgis, or we went, we didn't go during Sturgis, but we went there specifically, like Audrey said, to do, you know, to ride and that kind of stuff. We did the old school thing and we cooked steaks right on hot rocks in the fire. And that was awesome. So I I always like to do the steak and potato thing. Did you chase the cow down and cut the steak off yourself? Um, It was actually Rocky Mountain Oysters because there was a pasture right near us. So. Had yeah. to go there. Damn. Just had to go there. <laughs> Just had Nick hold while you clipped. Yeah, yeah Nick. Nick wasn't there. It was Kenny. Oh, he, he can he can slice and dice like no other. That like poor said, those those white walkers are handy motherfuckers. Man. They That's are right, man. good those to have white around. Walkers are handy, <laughs> handy, handy people. That's Next. what they call the the guys that I ride with. Audrey is the white walkers because we're we I I live about hundred miles from the Canadian border. So you need your own okay. t shirts. Oh, we do. Your Game wrong. of Thrones style t-shirts. <laughs> I'm going to start. You know what? That's where I'm going to get a stereo system on my bike now just so I can blast Game of Thrones on my way into a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mr. Iron Taint himself, Volts. Oh. He asks Audrey, other than the Lowrider S, what is your dream bike? Oh, gosh. Ooh. Mine. Nobody wants that big orange bastard. Everybody <laughs> wants that. I mean the the new lowrider STs are pretty. They're pretty amazing, nice. But I think I'll have. I don't know because I just haven't test ridden them. So like, I would need. I would want to probably give some baggers like a like a try because. <clears throat> When I, after my accident and when I was looking into what bike I was going to get, I was like set on getting a street bob, but I had, a, I had two people tell me, just, just try, just, just try the, the low rider. And, and I was like, no, no, I, I know I want the street bob. And I don't want the street bob. And then this, the minute I got on it, I was like, crap, why did I do this? Like, I want this bike. So, um, I would need to test ride them. Like, I think because of the riding that I do and that I do, do some long distance trips like that. I might want to test ride some baggers, but I don't know. I'm not thinking of that yet. Like, again, I don't want to like, <laughs> I don't want to test ride one and then want it, want it. <laughs> well, votes just rolled his, he took his low rider from the Pacific to the Atlantic. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Sacramento to DC. Yeah. On a low rider S it was impressive. What was that? 3,500? 4,000? Yeah, about 3,500, I think. That's a long fucking way. Mm. Iron taint. That's just half the miles you have on a bike you own, Tony. All in one ride. That's a long way. (laughs) (laughs) So he does have a second part to that. This is for... We can do this for the entire panel because he says five dirty bikers. If your bike was a song... Which song would it be? Oh, come on, Volts. Fuck. I have no idea. (laughs) Road to Nowhere by the Talking Heads. (laughs) Love of a Lifetime by Firehouse. 
What's that? Is <laughs> a love of my life? <laughs> love of a lifetime by Firehouse, and that's uh, just me, me being stupid. Uh, <laughs> I can't even have to go look that one. up. Their self-titled album, the '90s, fucks. <laughs> Dude, they they were they were past the hairband stage when it was dying, but it was one of the best cover to cover hairband albums of all time. I thought I'd have to go with Rocket Man by Elton John. What? Hmm. <laughs> you can't say that with a 107. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, none of you fuckers could keep up to me uh, up to me when I got under the interstate. You all That's Tony was bitching about how fast I was going. We didn't go to jail. God damn it. We didn't want to go to jail. <laughs> You know, in the in the lower oh, okay, states. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. I need to, we need to ask Audrey this question because she lives in the legitimate freeway state. Okay, Audrey, <laughs> when when you are merging onto the freeway, what speed should you be merging onto the freeway at? The merge? Oh, I don't know. Like, you better at least be going sixty-five. I would think. But Ryan, would, Ryan but likes to merge not, at about ninety. But you would not go thirty-five <laughs> miles over the speed limit, correct? <laughs> Hey, yeah, Ryan had us going 90. Yeah, I was Ryan being the aggressor. I was being the aggressor. That's all I was doing. You know, yeah. in the in the lower in the lower 48 here, we have we have speed limits. <laughs> You're not wrong. You know, up in South Dakota, <laughs> they may not exist in North Dakota. And you know, also I, I in the lower 48, driving, when you're you're leading a group, we we try to be more considerate of the people who are following us mm-hmm. and not act like an asshole. No, hey, <laughs> I was I was riding the uh, fuck around and find out route. That's what I was riding. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> and you just couldn't keep up. It was called to Uranus. <laughs> he was anxious to get there. <laughs> Tony, what's your if your bike was a song, what would it be? I have no idea. I have no idea either. Yeah. Tony's I'm Tony's would be the this. space between by Dave Matthews. I can do this for him. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you motherfuckers just damn the jokes. Damn the jokes. <laughs> poke, poke, poke. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> it's so perfect. <laughs> 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 oh, Brittany, you're up. I have Brittany no would idea be 99 loop balloons. <laughs> there you go. I got How air all over and it's shaking my head. <laughs> she has a Maybe some song by Annie Lennox. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey? Boy, Ryan's on fire with this one, isn't he? <laughs> Audrey, you're up. What do you think? Man, I don't have one. Like, I go blank. I think when people ask me songs, like I think like the the feeling and the name of the song never go together. So just sing it. We'll guess the we'll guess the title. <laughs> name, name that no tune. Can name that tune in five notes. <laughs> go. I pass. <laughs> there you go, what else Volts. do we got? Volts with those damn weird questions. <laughs> He comes up with some some. He always went. To, it's stuff. like thinking man's questions. I don't want to think. I gotta think. I'm not answering it. Hmm. I thought Audrey, it did you like riding the sport glide? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. Super comfy. Yeah, you had a stock seat on it too. I believe it was. Yeah, I just the wind coverage was great and the seat was really comfortable. Stock fairing? Well, I don't remember because it was just a it was just a rental. Okay. I was just like happy that I had. Hard bags and mm. the fairing. Like I think those were the two things. I wanted a hard bag, a fairing, and this in a sissy bar. That's all I cared about needing. Well, if you like people. the sport glide, you'll love the road glide because it's ten times better. But it's a thousand fifty pounds. <laughs> Eight hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> how much? Eight fifty. Eight. Uh, yeah, mere eight. Audrey, how tall are you? I'm shy five. I'm a shy of five three. Man, wow. She towers okay. over Tony. <laughs> hey man, I'm vertically challenged. Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. <laughs> all right. Well, that that's all for Discord, everybody. Everybody, thank you for your questions from Discord. Make sure you go over to fiveduitybackers.com. Click the link on the homepage. It'll take you to Discord. It's absolutely fucking free. free. Let's get some more women in there. Yes. Oh. Tell you, tell your friend, Audrey, tell your, tell your, tell your friends, Audrey, tell them to join the Five Dirty Bikers Discord and it's fucking free. I'll tell them. So, Audrey, before you, before you uh, bounce tonight, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on your socials? Yes. 
So my primary social is at Audrey C. Hurley um, on Instagram. I have a link in my bio that like has some of the, you know, articles um, or write-ups that were done. Um, I've been writing, I've been writing a couple of blogs for Russ Brown motorcycle attorneys. So they're, they're linked in there as well. Um, And I'm on Facebook, but I'm kind of terrible about going onto it. Just like all my Instagram stuff kind of moves over there. So at Audrey C. Hurley, anyone is welcome to reach out and ask questions. Like I love, I love that. If I can help you on a, a route you're going on and if I've been on it, like totally happy to answer questions and with same thing with gear for women or whatever, like I'm totally down to help anyone. Awesome. Normal rules apply. If you're going to hit up Audrey and slide into her DMS, don't be a dick. So just keep that in mind. (laughs) Everybody, like I would say 99% of the dudes that DM me, they're really cool. So like, I don't know why, but I don't, I don't deal with that that much. Like, I don't, I think it's because the way I respond, like, so when I get creepo messages, like I will respond with like a legit, like, (laughs) I'll totally be talking about, if they say like a weird comment, like I'll talk about the road or something like, and I, so I think they realize like, oh, I can't talk to her like that. She's, she's not going to buy into it. No, you just say, (laughs) before you say anything else, should I get the 45 or the nine mil? That's right. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> That'll turn things around real quick. God. <laughs> it's a rough crowd. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this episode. Audrey, thank you for joining us this week, everybody. Until next time, keep it dirty. following the five dirty bikers on social media find us on facebook and look us up on instagram and tiktok at five dirty bikers <laughs>